Blog Talk Radio.
Of the true Israelites with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Hallelujah. Israelites with your host, the Seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Snow, that's the way it goes. So, uh, my 
when the hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people, yea, the fire of the enemy shall devour them. Verse 12, Yahweh thus will ordain peace for us, for thou also has wrote all out wrote all our words wrote all of our works in us. So um I'll read that verse ten again there, Mother Z, read verse ten again. We got plenty of time, so take the time and read verse ten again. Isaiah chapter twenty six verse ten verse ten. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yea, will he not learn the righteousness in the land of uprightness? Will he deal unjust and will not be not behold the majestic of the Yahweh? So- now you say, okay, how much you try to cooperate with the wicked, he's not going to do right, the wicked. He's not going to do right. He said, I don't care how much you try to work with the wicked, cannot do right. That's what he just said. That's what he said there. The wicked cannot do right. So Mother Eve, we're going to precept that to find out, well, so what about this wicked? Since David writing the 1000 B.C., the wicked is not going to do right. The 1000 B.C. So let's find out who, who is this wicked that's not going to do right. I don't give a dog on what you put and what you do with him. His nature the wicked is not going to do right. That is that what we got so far. Let's run to the book of our, uh, let's, stay in the, let's stay in the book of Psalms for a minute, Dale, Mother, Mother Eve. We're going to stay in the book, book of Psalms. We're in the book of Psalms. We're going to stay in the book of Psalms and look at the 17 chapters, verse 13. Because David was told about this wicked by the angel from heaven. He said, David, in the thousand B.C., I'm going to tell you now, that wicked, he can't get right. Now he says, they must be, have me, Ecclesiastes mm. 115, waiting on me. Have Ecclesiastes 115, waiting on me. He out a regular book, 113, had that waiting on me, Mother Z. But, Mother E. So we find out what kind of favor you put on the wicked. He ain't going to do right. Now we're going to Psalms 
17, 13, and let's read a little bit more about it. You can get a little more information on it. Psalms chapter 17, verse 13, what does it say? The book of Psalms, chapter 17, verse 13. Arise, O Yahweh, disappoint him. Cast him down, deliver my soul from the weakness, which is the forward. You see that? So he says, Arise, Yahweh, put some on the wicked. Put some on that wicked. Now, let's go to the 50th chapter, verse 16 and 17. Now, my fact, we're going to read all the way down to verse 22. Let's find out. We're going to Psalm chapter 50. And we'll look at verse number 16. Now, the subject matter we're looking at is this wicked. We find out this wicked is the almighty sword. Now, David's angel is still talking to David in 1,000 B.C. about this wicked. He's still talking to him. Let's see what he says in the 50th chapter, verse 16 down to verse 22. What do you say? Psalm chapter 50, verse 16 to 22. Psalm chapter 50, verse 16. But unto the wicked, Yahweh said, What have I to do to declare my statue? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? 17. Then thus hated instructions. And cast my word behind thee. 18. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him, and have been partaker with a judge. Verse 19. Thus givest thou mouth to evil, and thy tongue framest deceit. 20. Thus sittest and speak against thy brother, thus slander thine own mother's son. 21. These things have thou done, and I kept silent. Though thoughts that I was altogether such one as thyself, but I will. Repute thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Verse 22. Now consider this, ye that forget Yahweh, ye that forget Yahweh, lest I tell you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. That's good. That's good. And 22. Now, come back again, Mother. We got plenty of time. We want to lay something out in verse number 21. Read, no, read verse 20 again. Verse 20. Verse 20. Yeah, read verse um, 20 again. Psalm um, chapter 50, verse 20. The city and speak it against our brother. The Slander their own mother's son. You see that? He said, now, now, so 
Elohim or Ezekiel, who, who, who is we talking about so far in this lesson that does all this smiling against your brothers? What word is used for this person, slander his brother? Can, can you help those see out in the national audience? What word is used that he's slander your brother? Yo, he says, verse 20, it says, um, Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, thou slander thy own mother's son. So, um, what name, I mean, what title is they calling this person that's doing this? Can y'all help me out? No. In chapter Malachi no, one. No, no. Oh. Well, hold on, mother. All I want to know is what word is being used so far that we talk about right now. What word is used to describe this person? This person, Weak. what kind of person is? Wicked. 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 Hmm. This person is wicked. So whoever this person is is wicked, and this person so wicked. That the Almighty said in verse 16 and 17, it's nothing you got that he's going to accept. The world going to accept everything you got. But it's nothing you got with it that the Almighty going to accept. So whatever you think you got in writing with the wicked, only going to be accepted by the world, not the Almighty. Is, is that what we're reading so far, Mother? Mother Ian, yes. Mother Z. Yes. So let's back back up, Mother E again, read verse 16 and 17. Make it plain. See, one thing about it, we got to make this plain. We got to make sure we can teach the Bible so be clear to understand it's nothing that the wicked can do to satisfy the mighty one. He can satisfy the world. He can satisfy other nations. We ain't put no name on the wicked yet. But there's nothing the wicked got that the Almighty gonna say is acceptable to him. Nothing legal he can put on paper that the wicked will be accepted by Yahweh. Let's read that in verse 16 and 17. Psalm chapter 50, verse 16 and verse 17. Verse 16, but unto the wicked shalt thou say, what have thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thus hated instruction, and cast my words behind thee. Is we clear that it's nothing that the wicked, whoever the wicked is, is nothing that he can put down acceptable, acceptable to Yahweh because it's one thing the wicked is not going to do. See, because the door that's open up for the wicked to do, we know you're holding something, Mother. See, we already know you're holding something. Put a marker there. We're going to 1216 in the book of Hebrews. See, one thing about it. When you know that you got a calling on you in the word of Yahweh, 
we have to make sure we make a decision according to this Bible. If we make a decision according to anything besides this Bible, then you're fooling yourself and everybody come in contact with you. In the book of Hebrews, we're going to look at something that's written. In the book of Hebrews, 12, Mosey, we're going to look at the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at verse number Second time, Mother Z, we got plenty of time. 16 and 17, because one thing about it, when you're in a position to help others, you must lead by example. So in 12 chapter, verse 16 and 17, take your time now, uh, Mother Z, and bring that out in grand style. Come on. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. Verse 16. Verse 16, let them, let there be any fornication of profane person as Esau, who who for one master of meal sold his birthright. Verse 17, well, we know how that Afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected for for he for he found no place for repentance through though he saw it. Carefully with tears. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you see what he got written on this guy, this fellow called Esau. He said, "This man right here, Esau and his five sons, what they not gonna do to receive any type of salvation is what is the key word there, mother? He won't repent. He won't repent." So now we clear that Esau, although he'll cry up a storm, one thing he's not going to do is repent. Right, repent. And the only way you can be forgiven of your sin that you have did, you got to do what, mother? What you got to do? Mm-hmm. We just got to do. Repent. Repent. So we oh, clear right. that Esau. And his five sons is not going to repent. Although they're going to cry and allow for storm. But it is, it, is, it is told by Paul that Esau and his five sons is not going to repent. And that's why the angels came down and told David that he slanders his brother's mother's children, the child. So now this guy, he's a slander. So this guy, he slandered his mother's son. Now do what this guy do. And this guy, and the title of this guy is, what word, what word again? Wicked. Wicked. And, he, and he's not going to 
repent. Meaning, when David wrote in the 50th chapter, verse 16 and 17, it's nothing you can put down in right that he gonna that the Almighty gonna accept. Not to the Almighty. In the world, it can be accepted. Because this is the world of Satan the death. But right now. So it's nothing legally you can do up under Esau and his five sons that is accepted by Yahweh. Nothing. Because he's because he not going to do what, mother? What are you not going to do in, in Hebrews 16 17? You want 16 and 17? We read it already. What What is he not going to do according to Hebrews 12, 16 and 17? What is he not going to do? He he not gonna uh, repent. He not gonna repent. Not, he not gonna repent. So <laughs> don't repent. That means ain't nothing you got that will be accepted by Yahweh unless you do what? Repent. Repent. See, we have to know this in the sixth and nine account. Got to be clear about this. Nothing you can do, this man is not going to repent. Because if he repents, he got to do something, uh, Mother E. He got to do a 3315 of Ezekiel. Now, if he repents, the sign of repent, repentance, then he must do step two. Now, once he comes to the altar and repents, he got to do step two. So we know he's not going to repent. So that means we know he's not going to do what Mother just ready to read in 3315. What is that in Ezekiel 3315? Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 15. Ezekiel 33, verse 15. That's what he said. Ezekiel 33, 15. At the wicked... Restore the pledge, give, give again that he has robbed. Walk in the statutes of life without committing sin, iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Okay, good. Now, now Moses, now Moses we got a lot of time, so we're just going to analyze the wicked got two moves to make for Yahweh to say you're not on a death row. What is the two what is the two things that he must do to get off the death sentence of Yahweh? The death sentence of Yahweh. What's the two things he gotta do so far on his left? What he gotta do? He got to restore the pledge that he has uh, take it, my kid. So that he had wrong. No, he's yeah. not. It's no, it's no guesswork. My mother, listen, no guesswork at all. Verse thirty three fifteen says exactly what he got to do. So in other words, according to thirty three fifteen, it ain't too weak. See, one thing about him, mother, hold that point right here. 
let's go, Mother Z, let's go to 311 of St. John. Let's read half of the verse. We're going to St. John 311. What does it say in St. John 311? St. John chapter 311. St. John chapter three, verse. St. John chapter three, verse eleven. Verse eleven. Truly, truly, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and I've testify. I've read there. I've read there. I've read there. See, when we speak, the six anointed count. We got to speak. What kind of way, mother? Mother. That we know. What we know. Now, what we know, we just got to read, Mother Z. Let's read again, Mother, Mother E. Mother E, let's read again. Three, 33, 15. Let's read that verse and let's speak what we know. What do that verse say again? Ezekiel, chapter 33, verse 15. Yeah. So, if the wicked restore the plague, give him again that he has robbed. Walk in the statutes of life, but thou committing iniquitous sin. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Now, what do the wicked guy do according to verse 33, 15? What he got to do? What do the wicked got to do? Restore the plague. Yeah. And... Walk in the statutes of life without committing sin. And yep. Okay. Yep. He, he shall surely live. He shall not. We got to do three things in that verse. We got to okay. do three things in that verse. Again, what he had robbed. 
walk in the statutes of life without committing sin, he shall surely live and shall not die. So he got to do three things, the wicked. He got to do three things, mother. He got to first give again what he had wrong. One, walk in the statutes that's in his Bible. Two, okay. and don't promote sin. Three, then he will live. So this wicked got three things to do, mother. See, we gotta make it plain. But a wicked to be accepted, he got to make sure he fulfills these three things. Okay. So wicked, he got, he got, he got. First of all, he got to give back what he robbed. What did he rob? Now we go and find out what he robbed. Come on, mother, let's go find out what he robbed that we can read that he did. We go on. Read what he did. You see, we got to, I'm sure they fulfill that, the wicked fulfill that. There's nothing that Yahweh is going to accept from them. Nothing. Nothing. Until they fulfill what you just got to read. Now, what did he, what did he take? What did he rob? He go and find what he robbed. What did he do? In the 35th chapter, Mother, Mother Z, you can take this, Mother Z. Let's see what he did in the 35th chapter of Ezekiel, 5 and 10. We're going to look at 35. 35, we got plenty of time. It ain't no accident on what's going on, so we're going to take our time and look at this thing about the wicked. 35, verse 5 and 10. What do the wicked got to do? Ezekiel, chapter 35, verse 5. Ezekiel, chapter 35. Go ahead. Verse 5 and verse 10. Ezekiel, chapter 35, verse 5, and skip down to verse 10. Verse 5. Because thus has, because thus has had a perpetual hate and has shed the blood of the children of Israel by the fourth four, four, of the sword in the time of their calamity in the time that they their iniquity had an end. <clears throat> Verse 10. Because thus has said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine and we will per- Possess it with well, well, where the Yahweh was there. Mm-hmm. So, what we have learned so far, the wicked have 
have to give back what he robbed. Now, what he done robbed, he had a perpetual hate for his for the children of Israel, and he pursued them with a sword. And he has taken two nations, America and Israel. That's how. He's taken two nations. He He's the possessor of America, and he's the possessor of Israel. So he took two nations. So he got to give back what he unrobbed. What he unrobbed, he um, taken two nations. He got to give back America to the ten northern tribes of Israel. He got to give back the land of Israel to the whole 12 tribes of Israel. So, now look what, we, look what we got now to bring to the table about the wicked. The wicked, which is the descendants of Esau and his five sons. The only way that Yahweh said, I'm not going to kill you at a time or point. Then you got to restore what you have robbed. You have robbed Yahweh out of two nations. Mm-hmm. You have taken America and you have taken the land of Israel. According to what we said, it, and you pursue your brother with a sword. That what you do. And in the book of Amos, listen what the systematic Bible taught in the book of Amos. Let's give this Bible say how you operate. See, remember, he tells the seer everything that needs to be known. Let's look, Mother Eve, exactly what he told the seer about this man that is the brother to Jacob, the name of change of Israel. We're going to read Amos chapter 1, verse 9 down to verse 11. And take your time there, Mother Eve. We got plenty of time because we got a lady to point out because what's in about it. If you understand that you got a calling on you, six and on the count, you got to teach the Bible. You can't teach feelings or get caught up in emotions. You got to get caught up in the word of Yahweh to help others. That's coming behind you. You got to understand something. There's a man that is wicked. And Mother read in the opening statement, Mother, Mother read, in 2016, he said, do what it said in 2016 about Isaiah. He says, let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn right. You see that? Meaning, he was told Isaiah, that this wicked man is not going to do right. Every time he gets, he's going to cut you short. According to Isaiah 26, verse number 10. If, if that's what we're reading, I'm up, y'all talk back to old thing. If that's what we're reading. Yes. So the Bible is right. The right. Bible is right. The Bible mm-hmm. says the wicked, I don't care how must you show favor to the wicked, 
he ain't going to learn to do right. Is that what the Bible saying in 26 verse 10? Yes. Is that what it's saying? So that's what it's saying. Hallelujah. That's the outcome behind it. Hallelujah. Because the bottom line is, Yahweh is going to do great things for this ministry. But one thing we got to do, we got to check our feelings at the door. And we got to make a decision according to the Bible to receive the blessing. If we don't do the Bible, we're not going to get the blessing. I don't care if it's son, mother, sister, whatever. The Bible is right, and the Bible going to stay. He said, you show favor to the wicked, you can bend over and do all you want with the wicked. He ain't going to do right. If that was read in 26 verse there. Right. Hallelujah. That's the word I want to hear.
but to help the national understand some things. And once they understand some things, it's up to them. We have done our job. The blessing is going to come to us because we have done our job. So what have you just got to read? Look at it real good in verse number 11. And, and y'all take y'all time and break that down for those fear in the national order. What you just got to read in verse number 11? 111. Okay. So it's in verse 11, it says for, for three, and thus said Yahweh, for three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment. And, and he said, because he did pursue mm-hmm. his brother with the sword, did not cast off all pity. And his anger tears perpetually. And he kept his wrath forever. Now, now what are they saying? So, now, now, so what is it? What is the angel is telling Amos to see us? What is he telling according to verse level? What is what is he want? What is he telling Amos to tell the children of the book? What is he telling them according to verse level? Okay. He's, he's telling them that he's angry, did tear perpetually. And he kept his wrath forever. Who did that? Yeah, who did Esau. that? Esau. Esau so, kept it. What do the words forever mean? Do, do, do the ever mean now or does that mean something in the past? The word forever. Um, what does that mean? Forever. What mean? Word forever. Do that mean, do that mean now instead of past? What do, that mean, that what do the word forever mean? That means if forever is a cutoff point mm. or do forever last right now. Forever means to the end. That means that means right now that Esau and his five sons got against the children of Israel a perpetual hatred. And they're going to Pursue you with a sword for how long? Forever. So that right. means right now, put on it. So that means right now, too, right? Yes, it means right now. Do it mean right yes. now? Yes. yes, it means huh? right now. Yes, it's doing that it means right, right now. now. That means right it's now. doing it right now. That was yeah. exactly what it means. So we got to be able to show this to those that come into the school to understand something. If the Almighty says he's on his five songs, he's going to pursue you with the sword forever. That means all now, look what it says, Mother Eve. See, 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 we got to See, y'all want to do, do right by this ministry. But he said, see, I'm not going to do right until, until you teach right. You're not teaching my Bible. 
you showing them what I'm saying, but ain't nobody paying you no never mind. So you got to watch the one going to pay you so never mind. Now, Mother Z, it says in Proverbs 11, verse 21. Now, now when you read it, I want you to explain what you read, what you just got to read. Once you read, take your time and look at Proverbs 11, 21. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21. Verse 21. Thus has John, John in hand. Thus no, it said has, though. Hold on, hold on, mother. It said though. He said though. Though you oh. join hand in hand. Now, you know you got all your big dignitaries, they join hand in hand, and we shall overcome. Everybody hold a hand, get it in green. Thou hast joint, joint in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteousness Righteousness shall be delivered. Um, read again. He said, let me read it. He said, though thou wilt go and join him, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Now, what's that supposed to mean? Although, although you see on TV, mother, you see everybody joining hand and hand in hand and, and everybody skinning and grinning. You see all nations getting together with holding hands like they did in the 60s and all that. Although they join hand in hand, what did the Almighty say? Although you see on TV now, you read on the radio and newspaper, everybody join hand in hand. Well, but according to verse 21, what's going to happen, Mother? Um, join hand in hand. The, uh, the wicked, not be unpunished. The wicked, shall, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but, but, but the seed of the righteousness shall be delivered. Now, what that means? It means that the ones that's um, doing, doing hand in hand and doing wickedness is going to be punished. And the ones that's not doing it going to be delivered. Okay, now, Mother, 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 Mother E, what you get out of that, Mother E? Let's see what you get out of that one verse. What you get out of that one verse? What you get out of it? It says, the hand joined in hand. The wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. So uh, the, uh, the uh, righteous is not going to join. The righteous is not going to join hands with the wicked. No, 
That ain't what it's saying. Let your fear break it down. Now, now once I break it down, then you don't got it. So, so hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not be shall not be unpunished. That means I don't care if you see all the boycotting, the marches, the wicked doing this with you, and they treat you nice. He said that that do not that do not take up the punishment you got coming. So, the punishment, you still going to get the punishment, although you see interracial marriages, interracial families. You see those that go and let somebody else uh, do whatever they can with you. I don't care what good they do, they still going to be not they still gonna be punished. They still gonna be punished. I don't care what they do. They still gonna be punished because of why? Why, mother? Why is they gonna be punished? Why? Number one, because they join him. Because they doing wickedness. Because they join him. <laughs> no, the number one answer to that. Because he let you know how to get out from under the death sentence. You read that in 3.3.15. How you get out from under the death sentence, you got to repent and and give back what you stole. And that means both countries, America and Israel. You got to first repent first, then give back what you have stolen. Mother Z, 
Let me show you what y'all do. Now help me out, Mother Z. Uh, help me. Matthew chapter 5. He will tell you something. You know what's holding us up in the land school and banquet hall? The teacher is not in place to teach. But we got to take our feelings out on what we're doing and make a Bible decision. Once we make a Bible decision, and those that come in that going to be needing our help, you got to straighten the Bible and give them the medicine they need, which is his word. But you got to have it on your little cards to study it, to give them what they need. Then y'all are going to kick in. You want y'all to keep in? We find out that Esau and his five sons pursued the brothers of the twelve tribes with the sword, and their anger is against them forever. And we know that ever means today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's going to go all the way. So when you you got to know it's going to go all the way. It ain't going to be no, well, this, this couple treated me right. Okay, good. The couple treated you right. But what do the Bible say? Then once we start making Bible decisions, then watch the blessings that we deserve will come. The long we keep on making these emotional decisions, Making feelings decisions. Y'all walk on slow up the growth of the six anointed chapter. And that's why I come humble to show you what the Bible says. And you mothers got to do the same thing. You got to call it the way the Bible says. You might hear all that, oh, this going on, that going on, that. Okay, bye. Let that go on. But when you respond back, what do the Bible say? That's the key. Talk to your mother, Israel. And, and I held him. It's out of the meeting now. So he'd be able to give you tell you all about this broadcast. Right now, I'm going to talk to Mother D of Israel. Mother D of Israel, one of the mothers out of count one. Got my people to see right. Mother D of Israel. Yaqua, Yaqua, bless you, Sia Israel of Seroy. Hallelujah, Yaqua. Hallelujah, Now, Mother, we've been talking some, some good talk. You know, our little broadcast was uh, put on over about 30, 45 minutes. But we're doing a spirit-led lesson about the wicked. Because the wicked is using all type of benefits today, and then we take our eyes off the prize because the wicked. But Yahweh said all the way the wicked is going to be forgiven and not be, and, and that death sentence is on him, is taken up off of him. He laid it plainly, and the other two mothers know exactly what he got to do. We found out in Hebrews 12, 16, 17. You got it. 
I believe crap of storm and got to repent. That's step one. Step one, you got to repent. Step two, you got to get about what you have wrong. And that's in Ezekiel 33, 15. What you have wrong, you have taken two countries according to Ezekiel 35, verse 5 and 2. And you've taken America of the Kenton tribes. You've taken Southern Kingdom from Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. Started in 7 and 70 AD. In 1948, they came back and sealed the deal. So until they denounce and tell the truth, death sentence is over their head. Then we read at Proverbs chapter 11. Mother dear of Israel. Mm-hmm. We read it verse 21. We read it. It says, although they join hand in hand, although they give you all the benefits that they can give you now, retirement and everything else, so they call that retirement this and time. Doesn't matter. According to Yahweh. You got to make sure you tell those that stand before you it doesn't matter. It says in Proverbs 11, 21, your hand joined in hand. Mm. The wick shall not be unpunished. I'm going to get the wicked and the death sentence on the wicked head because he's not going to do right according to the angel said in Psalm 50 verse 16 and 17. Moses, did we read that? Um, it's the 16 and 17. If, if yeah. we read yeah. it already, all I want yeah. to hear is hallelujah. Hallelujah. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. We read yeah. that it's not going to do right. And ain't nothing they got that I'm going to accept because they won't follow the blueprint. So it's nothing they got in right. Now, it's a step to the world. When you got the signature of the sinners of Esau in the world, it's accepted from those in the world. But Yahweh ain't accept nothing that they got. Is that what we read in verse 15, 16, and 17? Up? Did, did we read that or not? I want to hear hallelujah for our history. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah for So now... So now, Moses of Israel, now we're going to brought you up to speed now. What you got to say besides Hallelujah, God, that Moses of Israel come out? Hallelujah, God. So we clear about this. Is, it, is we clear about the Moses of Israel? Yes. Hallelujah, God. The Bible is right. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. something, Moses. Once we start making decisions according to the Bible, mm-hmm. we is coming out in grand style, help and everything we need. But to start with us, we've got to stop making feeling decisions. 
It says by the wisest man in the world, Solomon. And 11, 21. Go hand, join in hand. You know, be a lot of interracial, shaking hands, people walking together, all different races of people. So what? The wicked shall not be unpunished. Is that what we're reading or not? Hey, Moses, do they say it or not, Moses of Israel? Can you try to repeat that? Do that thing. Proverbs. Here I go again. We'll read again. Proverbs 1126. It says 1121. So hand, join, and hand. Mm-hmm. The wicked shall not be unpunished. It's do that Hallelujah, Father. Do that thing or not?
we get caught up in emotions, we're going to lose. And we're not going to be able to help nobody because we're going to make a decision on the popularity contest. But once we start making Bible decisions, guess what Yahweh is going to do? He's going to give us the dope. He's going to come in. He's going to be seen over us. You see all this land at Camp 1, South, East, North, West? It's expected for a reason. But the, the building starts once we get in order. And how you get in order is make a decision according to what the Bible says. So whatever the Almighty put on you to tell us, the master order is going to take six, six, six time to help them, and uh, you on the clock, come on. Well, Yankwa, bless you once again uh, here as well, and thank you for bringing me into tonight's broadcast. Um, among all the cast of hundreds of thousands of listeners that are also listening to our broadcast, you know, some of the things that are said, it almost takes my breath away to see that we have to go through that. But that's part of life. But the other part, the main part of life, is Yankwa's work. We have to remember that the non-righteous job is to lead you astray, like they try to lead me astray. But I find out these are people that are lost with a confused understanding. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, we're always here to help guide people through these dark times of law of bumper thumbs for righteous learning and Christianity. Because there are a lot of uh, people out there that come for the good of Yahweh's word. And they actually receive it and commend it and add unto it. And some cast the same word behind their back, which is not good for others learning. These are what we call the raven wolves in the Bible. Raven wolves and sheep clothing. And that's mentioned in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 15. Some come to see who's all attending what we're talking about, who's on their side and deceptive thinking, spreading rumors of non-Yakwali things. And I know many have seen just as much as I. These are the people, the ones that have to realize we're here for one reason, not who sits on your left or who sits on your right, or others that are there to spread rumors. But that's to teach the word of Yakwali. Because without proper teaching, this is why all these things happen. Without proper teaching, we meet the blind who leads the blind. Let's mention it once again in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, chapter 15, verse number 14. And 14 says, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. This is how you get led away from the Bible precepts and the Sabbath days and to their own double-minded speeches, as the seal was mentioned. Even on the Sabbath days, because this is Yahweh's righteous day, they are Yahweh. This is why we're here welcoming and thanking everyone for attending our live broadcast. To learn Yahweh's word that comes in this ministry, comes to you live and up to you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible. And first and foremost, about Yahweh's word. Well, we've often been questioning, how can we get this much information out this one book? See? 
That comes from connecting the books, your health, foods that you should eat, keeping the Sabbath days, and much more that we speak on in this program. And we do this because you have not. This is the information that you came to seek and have to look no further. You found that now in the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of Yadah. We're open unto you from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the normal days of Sunday and Monday, Wednesday and Thursday, having no class on Tuesday unless we have a high day or a special event. Now, Sabbath class we do have. The top part of Sabbath is Friday. Last time starts at 7.30 to 10.30. And the bottom part is Saturday. We have a triple class that starts at 12 p.m. And once again, the online class starts at 2 to 5 p.m. until our members desire to leave. We also have a website address. To use this, open up any search engine on any one of your smart devices. That search line, like tribeyada.com. But after you click enter, once again, look for the tribeyada.com dash Israelites. You'll find a big line where you'll see some choices. One will be tithes and offerings. Click PayPal and follow the instructions. On any other device, you might see menu. But after clicking in, you'll still see choices. You'll choose the tithes and offerings in doing so. Remember what it tells all of us that reads the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7, and verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the Yaqua, O your kindred to the people. Give unto the Yaqua glory and strength. 8. Give unto the Yaqua the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Now, I always remind everyone when you're doing this to remember Yaqua loves that you're forgiven. And also donations to this ministry is greatly appreciated that you give according to the Bible scriptures in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, and read once again in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, and verse number 9. Now, this is done to keep this ministry bringing you just as the alive, also for building a school, to try to help those people with double minds and wrong thinking. A banquet hall radio station, and land to grow the health foods we continue to speak of on this program. Also while there, check out our calendar. The calendar is there to help keep you, your family, and friends in tune with the Bible these days come to us throughout the year. And sometimes I have to emphasize Bible because it doesn't settle in some people's minds. We also have a live program. It's a feature that's available during live broadcast time. To get there, enter three words, Yaqua Radio Live. And after clicking on it, look for Voices of the True Israelites, Tribe of Yaqua. Look for that red live button, and as soon as it appears, when you click that, you'll be right into a live online broadcast. Also, we have a few numbers you can call with Yaqua Online. The first is the live conference room number, which is 319-527-6065. The other is 224-600-5579. This is our international number, where you can call and leave those Bible scripture messages that you have questions on, which can be answered by anyone of the six and nine camps of Young Ministry. But also now in saying that, do not call this number trying to teach. I'll have to remind you, you will only hear a discouraging click followed by a dial tone. Also, 
by calling the same number, you can inquire about our 12 programs via the 12 tribes of Israel on DVD. Just make sure we get the correct address, correct name, and you will receive it promptly. Now, on another note, we'd like to ask, please do not contact us here via email, phone, or text before broadcast or afterwards. He's usually pretty busy with the WCC, the New York Station stockholder, uh, the cigar man, announcing many memos, and now even addition to that, the Latter-day Saints. So please use international line of 224-600-5579. And if the question is legit, you will receive a call back, unless you call trying to teach. As I said, you will only hear the scourging doubt. Now, for those of you who have maybe missed the beginning of our program, you can catch the entire show today at 9.15 p.m except Fridays. Program time will be repeated after 10.30. Just enter three words, Yaqua Radio Live. And when you click in there, look for Voices of the Truzalites, Tribe of Yadah. Just choose the program that you were late logging into or any previous program on that list that you would like to listen. And also doing our normal broadcast broadcasts. To let you know, we're also simultaneously transmitting on Southside which can be logged in by your phone, tablet, or computer, even now on your smartwatch. Just download the PalTalk app. When you get there, we'll be listed under ethnic group, African American. Look for Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadah. Our room will hold 50 or more listening participants. The Yaqua's word will also be working for your Bible education. An online there to answer the on-the-table topics we discussed. The program will be over Mr. Tibbs Israel, along with the Seer Israel, writing a shotgun. During this time, we'll be taking more comments off topic or any more than two text questions answered at a time. And the broadcast ends before teaching time. We will continue our teaching on Pelt Talk. But that continuing reminder I always give. When we're given the scriptures to speak by the Seer, it's important to be quick to hear, but slow to speak. So the words of Yahweh will flow smoothly, remembering that we have hundreds of thousands of listeners that came to hear those righteous words of Yahweh, not that of confusion. And we have to be careful about give, not giving worldly statements that can't be backed up by the Bible, but those statements that can be backed up in the Bible. So we can start to do just that pass our program back to our seer as well and say, Hallelujah, Yahweh. All right, there, yo, that was excellent. Hallelujah, yo. So, um, you know, this uh, platform that's been given to the bosses of the two is like, we got to take this not for granted and and then those of this national audience got to take and on account, not for granted, because we hear them. We're not here just to hear ourselves talking. We've been chosen to set the record straight according to the Bible, but we won't be caught up because they going to have all types of standards. But we have to make sure we're clear we don't lose the message. We don't lose Yahweh's message. We got to make sure we stay with Yahweh's message because 
We're going to read that verse one more time, Elder. And Proverbs 11, 21. We're going to look at that verse one more time, Elder. And Proverbs 11, 21. Take a look at that verse one more time. Proverbs 11, 21. Now, Solomon is the wisest man in the world. And he the one was given this message by the mighty one. And he put this in writing for our days. And what he says in Proverbs 11, 21. What he say that, Elder? In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 21, it says, Through hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Mm-hmm. I'll go hand join hand. And right now we got rainbow coalition, hands joining hand, everybody sent the table, all type of people sent the table. I'll go that fine. But understand in the order of Yahweh. Although hand joined in hand, the wicked would not be unpunished. I got to get the wicked because the wicked have done too much, and we have to know this because we're seeing so many things now. We're seeing now where you get free phones, get free this, free this, all type of stimulus grants. You got all type of things coming now. And if, you, if you're not watching it carefully, it can blind your eyes with the gifts that will take you off from what Yahweh is saying. See, if anybody, I know mother, I don't know you, you got the book, but we'll take care of maybe another lesson. It's called the, the Book of Judas. Uh, it was to, all 12 tribes got a book, Book of Judas. I, I was want to maybe when the young lions come on the broadcast, we probably read. When Judah was ready to die, he called his sons just like his father called all his sons in the 49th chapter. He called all his boys to come here him before he died. And he told them what's gonna befall you. He told Judah what the world going to do when you get caught up. He told Judah what they're going to do to you. You're going to lose your kingdomship, and this is how you're going to do it. So it's very important we're going to read that in the book of all 12 tribes got a book. We're going to read what Judah said to his son, and we are the son of Judah today. So we're going to read that. So, very important to understand something. Although you see a lot of things coming, all types of grants and all types of things coming to you now. But do not take your eyes off of what Yahweh's words say. Now, give me a precept on that, Elder. Give me up Proverbs 3, 31 to 33. Now, listen good. Now, we're going to precept on it. Although hands join in hand, right now, hands are joining hands. Everybody's skinning and grinning. But look what he told the wisest man in the world in Proverbs 3, verse 31, down to verse 33. What did he say to hell? In the book of Proverbs, 
chapter 3, reading 31 to 33. 31 says, Envy though not, and choose none of his ways. 32. For it is abomination to the Yahweh, but his secret is with the righteous. 33. The curse of Yahweh is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. He's a man's man. So, all this stuff, because I, I hear a lot of camps and a lot of them saying about programming, look what the government going to do. Okay, I understand it. Accept all that. I remember one, one time, Hal Washington made a statement. He said, now, James Burns, he said, go ahead and take the cake and all that, but vote for me. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, take the cake, take all the gifts that they're going to give. Take it and be standing in green with them. Do so. But vote for me. That's what he said. That's what he said. He said that. He said, don't, don't turn down nothing. No. If he said, they didn't give you no hog or whatever, okay, accept it. They had all types of things. You know, she was all up in the kitchens and serving the needs and everything. So accept the meal. If it ain't no hog in it, okay, did it. But I had Watson say, but make sure you go to the ballot box. Vote for me. Okay? So what Yahweh is saying, accept the gifts that they give you because you, you offered the captivity. But just don't forget about what I'm seeing. And I'm bringing the ministry to show you what I'm saying. Don't forget about what I'm saying. Don't let the gift blind your eyes. Read verse 33 again. And no way you can get. Remember, this is the wise man in the world. And Yahweh himself is telling Solomon, put this in right for you today in 333. But it again, Verse number 33 says, the curse of the Yahweh is in the house of the wicked, but he blessed the habitation of, of the just. The family of the wicked. See that? The curse of Yahweh is in the family of the wicked. Huh? Oh, I got a free telephone because I, I was talking to some done up senior citizen class, and they would tell me, well, you know, and I, and our government nice, they gave us, we got free phone, we got, now we got 500 minutes now. I don't know nobody talking for 500, 500 minutes and more tuning to the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. Enjoy your telephone. Enjoy your Google and all that. But don't lo- lose your eyes on the prize of the Bible. Take your telephone, get the five hundred minutes now, and say all and uh, love every minute of it. But don't let your eyes be blinded from his word. Don't let that blind you from his word. All right, good enough. So we don't say it pretty enough. So there go your precept in there. Although all this good stuff is happening, you get all types of senior citizen discounts and everything else, you know. You get all kinds of things. But remember, Yahweh's word is going to stand. I, I, I read that. Hey, Mother Z, read that. Give me give me that verse um, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. 
Help me out there, Mother. And Mother E, have me Second Ezra, chapter 11, verse 39, down to verse 46. Second Ezra, chapter 11, 39 to 46. This is real good. After Mother, read Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. What is that, Mother Z? Verse 3. And he hummed them and suffered them to hunger and fed them with manna, which, which thou knowest not, neither did their fathers know that he might make you know that man do, do not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Yahweh did man live. Do, do man live, I'm sorry. Do man live. So, uh, call that verse, Mother Z. So man and woman, child, friend, neighbor, they live by what again, Mother? According to 8 verse 3. What, what do we live by, Mother? Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Yahqua and the Bible. That's what we live by. The words of the Bible. That's what we live by. Now, Elder just got through reading. Now, Mother D of Israel, now remember, now, if you think that Boston got ready to cut a little rug on some sister, let us know now. All you got to say is, Hallelujah, Yahqua. You're going to cut a couple of uh, sisters out, you know, because uh, I know you inching to holler in that microphone. Oh, Thank you, Ray. Just, just, give, just, just give the mothers and the elders and the mass and the hallelujah. And then you off and running. Now, mother, eat. we're going to second Ezra. This is a fear. Now, hey, elders, kill. I, w- I want to get the background on, on this fear before Mother reads. In the second chapter of Ezra, Elder, can you help those see out in second Ezra, chapter 2, verse number 1? All I want is one word. It's one verse. Chapter 2, verse 1. Elder, Mr. Teal, second Ezra 2, 1. Before Mother reads the 11th chapter, 39 to 46. What do we say there, L? 2 1. In the book of Second uh, Ezra, looking at uh, chapter 2 and reading verse number 1. 1 says, The second book of the Seer Ezra. The son of Sarias, the son of Arith, the son of Achias, the son of Seth. Oh, that's a good one. Well, now, hold on, yeah. hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at Second Ezra two, chapter two, verse number one. Oh, Second Ezra. Reading the wrong one. Sorry about that. Uh, 
Second Ezra, chapter two, reading verse number one. One says, "Thus says the Yahweh, I brought this people out of bondage, and I gave them my commandments or Torah instructions by manservants, the prophets, whom they would not hear, but despised my counsels." Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't get to the prophet, get to the seal. He says, Thus says Yahweh brought this, uh, brought his people out of bondage, and I gave them my command by my servant seal, which they would not hear and despise my counsel. He counted through the seal. He said, When it's so, so when they take Oh, see, they don't never mind. I can look at this verse where they say Ezra don't never mind. That's why he ain't captivity today. But the time is going to run out. See, Ezra, they ain't saying no never mind. That's why we in the condition we're in today. But he also said in the last day, he did some practices up. The elders, the mothers, teachers. The last time is up to you. Either you take heed to the word of the Bible, because you coming, it's coming to a close. So Ezra, at the time of Ezra making his statement, on the clockwise, it was 1045. It was an hour and 15 minutes left in Ezra day. An hour and 15 minutes. And Paul says, in his day, it was an hour left. So what time we are now? Ezra was 2,500 years ago. Paul is 2,000 years ago. So what time we in right now? That's what we keep, that's what we're saying. We know what we got to do. But you first got to understand you got to make a Bible decision now. See, we found out he said a curse is in the family of the wicked. And we don't always trade down who the wicked is. And if you want a precept of Latter day Saints, can we get a precept on the wicked? Yeah, okay, Latter day Saints, I agree with y'all. We give you a precept. Hey, yo. Give Latter day Saints out of Utah a precept on the wicked. Go to Malachi 1 1 and read down until we find out who is the wicked in writing. According to Melchizedek, chapter one, verse one, we'll read down to we to we can identify who is the wicked by name. Melchizedek, one one, and keep reading till we can identify the wicked. Then I'm gonna ask the mother, who are the wicked? Come on. In the book of Malachi, in the book of Malachi, in the book of Malachi, this is chapter one, reading verse one till you get to your point. Verse one says, "The burden of the word of the Yahweh to Israel by Malachi." Two, I have loved you, saith the Yahweh, yet you say, "Where?" And hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Israel's brother, saith the Yaqua? Yet I loved 
Jacob, Esau. I love Jacob, Israel. Three, I hated Esau and laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Four, whereas Edom said, we are improvised, but we will return and build the desolate places, thus says Yahweh of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the borders of the wickedness, and the people against whom the Yahweh had indignation forever. Go ahead. Five. And your eyes shall see, I will and you shall say. Okay. I will be you. They will be you, and I will throw down. The knee will be more elder. Hey, Mo, y'all hear the elder? Yeah. I'll start verse 4 again. Whereas Edom said, we are improvised, but we will return and build the desolate places of saith the Yaquah hosts. They, they shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the borders of wickedness. And the people against whom the Yaquah had indignation forever. Five. And then I shall see. He said, they said we are in promise. That means that we are we in a cave of the mountains. We in promise. That means we in bad shape. But he said, but, but they said we gonna return and build. He said, yeah, you gonna return and build, but I'm gonna throw down because I told I told Solomon I told Solomon uh. Mother, mother, not mother, Mosey. I told Solomon and three thirty-three of Proverbs. I told Solomon something. He said, "You gonna build? Yeah, you gonna build." He said, "I'm gonna throw down because I told Solomon something and it got me fulfilled." What did I tell Solomon, Mother Z, and three thirty-three of Proverbs? Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 33. Robert, chapter 3, verse 33, verse 33. Let me see. Let me see. chapter 3, verse 33. The, the, curse, the curse of the Yahweh is in the house of the wicked, but he, but his blessing, but, but, his blessing, but he blessed the inhabitant of the death. So, uh, Mother G of Israel, Mother E, Mother e, who, who do we bless according to verse 33? Who do we bless? Jeff. Just. According to that verse 33, who do we bless? The family, the family, the family of Israel. Who do we bless according to verse 33? Who do we bless? The death. 
He he blessed the inhabitants of the death. That's who we bless. Who do we curse, Mother, in that verse 33? Uh, the, 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 we curse the family of the wicked. Curse the family sure. of the wicked. So that's who we curse, right? The family of the wicked, right? Now right. Come on back, Elder. Come on back, Elder, again. And let's see if we connect the dots. Let the Bible connect the dots with that. Come back to that Malachi 3, verse 4. I mean, 1, verse 4. What was that? 1, verse 3. Which one was it? 3 or 4? Make it verse 3. 1, verse 3, Elder. Let's see, can we connect the dots without saying anything for the precept of the Latter-day Saints out of Utah? 1, verse 3, what does it say? Malachi, looking at 1. Chapter 1, verse number 3, he says, And I hated Esau, and laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the dragon of the wilderness. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, Edom said, We are improvised, but we will return and build. We are improvised. We are in a low decay. We are in a low decay. They call that. The, we are in the ghetto. We are in poverty. We are in the ghetto. In poverty. Yes. Okay. Right Where's Edom? Okay, four. Whereas Edom said, we are in poverty, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Yahweh of hosts. They shall build but I will throw down, and they shall call them the borders of wickedness. And the people against whom the Yahweh had indignation forever. What's that mean? Who will take that? A mother. What mother won't take that one? What's that mean? Mm-hmm. What's that mean in verse 4? Who won't take that? Yeah. According to verse 4. Who won't take that? I'm going to see you saying. Who won't take that? Hey, hey, Mother D.F. Israel, you going to take that, Mother D.F. Israel? What are you saying in verse 4? What are you saying in 1 verse 4? What are you saying? Well, I'm, li- I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm doing something right now. Okay. All right. You all here and taking notes. I got you, Mother D.F. Israel. <laughs> So what is he saying? What is he saying? I mean, what are we going to do? Is he read about the scriptures all night? What is he saying in verse 1, verse 4? It says that, uh, mm-hmm. he said, what did they say? He's saying that uh, the wicked, saying they going to deal Mm-hmm. But um, but 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 and Yahweh said, uh, the wicked said they gonna be up, but Yahweh said they gonna be up, but he gonna okay. go down. And um, that's right. So so 
so so we know today, mother, they have bills, right? They got skyscrapers right. going up up to to the sky, ain't they? So they have done that part, ain't they? Right. So they did that part. And well, and what does he say? He said, those not that we know clearly they have bills, skyscrapers up all the way up to the sky. You you you, you got some buildings so high your nose know, start bleeding by looking up. I'm just trying to get and go up there in one of them and look down. You'll get dizzy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll get a nosebleed by looking up. <laughs> and you'll get dizzy by looking, <laughs> by looking down. But that don't happen. So that, that has been fulfilled. Now, what else happened? What else in that verse that we can read? What else in that verse? He says, and they shall call them the border of wickedness. Now, who's the damn mother? According to verse uh, three, who's the damn? Who, uh, and and I I and I hate Esau and laid his mountain and his habit to waste. So who's the so who's the damn mother? Esau and his five sons. Yeah. Is that what the Bible saying? Yes. Okay, what else he say in verse 4? Read verse 4 again. What does he say about Esau and what? And what? Esau and what, according to verse Read that well, again. According to verse Esau 4. And, yeah. and where they build that, they're going to call it the borders of wickedness. Okay. And after they get through building there, the Yaqua is going to have hatred toward them after they get through building forever. And the who? And the people. And the And the people who is uh, East. I'm going to say it. East. Esau and the people. And his heritage. And the people that he got what? What he got against Esau and the peoples of Esau. What he got against Esau and the peoples of Esau. What he got according to verse 4? Hatred, indignation. No, what he got according to verse 4? Hatred. Esau and the people, according to verse 4, what do the Bible say he got according to verse 4? Esau and the people, what? And the people, what? That we can read. <laughs> and the yeah, people, but, uh, let the national audience hear, mother. mother. Let the national audience hear what you just got to read. Read again, mother. <laughs> and the people against whom. Mm-hmm. Yahweh has indignation forever. Hey, that's up. Hey, that's up. Why? 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 It ought to go back to Amos 1.11. Why? Why do we got indignation with these people forever? Esau and his descendants. Why? You precept your body. Amos 
in my world that the end of their time may come through them. So now, Elder, read the precept on that. Second Elder, verse 9. So the end going to come through them. Listen, the end going to come through them. Now, who's the them? Watch, we precept the Bible in Second Ezra 6, verse 9. So we can know who the damn is. The fourth kingdom, the fourth beast, the end going to come to them. So now, you stop and precept your Bible to Second Ezra 6, verse 9. What is that? Second Ezra, chapter 6, verse number 9 says, for Esau is the end of the world, and Israel is the beginning of that it that followed. Y'all see that? Now you see how plain that is. The end of the world, the end of Esau rule is coming up. And after Esau go down, who rules after Esau go down? According to the 9 verse 6. Esau gave got to go down. What I want to know, according to Ezra 6, verse 9, when Esau is the end of the world, that means the end of his government and rulership, then who got next, according to 9, verse 6? Israel. Who is, who is Israel? Who is that? Jacob. Now, who is Jacob? Who the people deal today? Ones on the land over there in the land now? Who is they? Who are they? The world don't know. Who is Israel today? Who is they today? Ones on the land now? Who is they? Who got they true? And, 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 huh? and who's the talking about us? They're talking about us. We got mm-hmm. the next rule, us. The one called African American Negro and Colored Super Coon. You got to make it plain and teach it. Esau, the white man and the white woman, time is coming to an end. The one you call African-American Negroes got the next up to rule forever. You've got to make it plain to your loved one. Esau and his five sons translated as the white man and the white woman's time is coming to an end. After they end, Jacob whose name was changed to Israel, was called today African-American Negro. He got mixed up. So the next ruler, after Esau goes down, will be the African-American Negro. That's the Israelite of the Bible that got naked. That got to be made plain. So he says, and second Ezra, 
that Esau and their time might come through them. Esau is the one that's talking about this is the prophecy of the taking down of Esau. And now he's going to tell you why in verse number 41. Let's read a bit, Mother. See, when are we going to make it plain? That's the sign of the return of Yahweh when we can read the Bible plain the way it is. What it says in Uriah. 40, read verse 41 and 42. I didn't read 40. All right, read verse 40, 40 and 41. Uh, second Ezra, chapter, second Ezra, chapter 11, verse 40. And the fourth come, verse 40, and the first come, and the old came. Yeah. And the folk came and overcome all the beasts. Overcame all the beasts. So this he's saying this fourth kingdom overcame. I mean, this this fourth beast, this fourth system took down everybody. This fourth beast kingdom is the number one ruler of the whole world. And you know what that is. So it's prophesizing about this fourth beast that came. Four beasts going to overcome everybody. It's going to take down everybody. Spain, Portugal, Great Britain, the Greeks, Greeks, everybody going down. Great Britain, everybody going to be taken down by this fourth beast. And this fourth beast came out of Great Britain. And taking over the known world today. That's what he's saying. Now, what happened next? Okay. With with great fearlessness and over the whole companion of the earth. Hold on, Mother. Mother. You left out a whole line. You left left out a whole line. Okay. And the fourth came. And overcame and, all the beasts that were past, and his and his power over the world with great fearfulness. I mean, everybody scattered this this fourth kingdom. Everybody shut their mouth down when this when this fourth kingdom come on TV and radio and the internet. Everybody closed the mouth of this fourth kingdom. That we say. And what, mother? And what? And? and and over the whole companion, and over the whole compass of the earth with much weakness, oppression, and no, so no. long. Hold on. With with much weakness and oppression. I mean. He is rolling with much wickedness and oppression. This is what he's telling Ezra 2,500 years ago. Go ahead and read. And? And, and so long time dwell he upon the earth with deceit 
Wait a minute, Mouse. Wait a minute. And, for, and, and when he come on the scene and take over, he going to rule the whole world with what kind of, with what kind of word, Mouse? Deceit. Deceit. Y'all hear that? And then this fourth beast, this fourth kingdom, it rules the world. What kind of way was the audio? Deceit. That mean ain't I mean ain't nothing they gonna do right for you. <laughs> nothing. That y'all walk on themselves. Because they ruin the whole world by deceit. Is that what we're reading? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First forty one. Verse forty one. Second is chapter eleven, verse forty one. For the earth has God not judged with truth. Ain't that something? You hear that, Mama? He said, the earth, you have not judged with truth. So this man ain't got no truth. He's, he was prophesizing on the power to be. They don't have no truth. I mean, I don't care what they give you in right, they can change it any given day. That's why y'all ain't going to sell nothing they got in right. Nothing. Because ain't nothing they doing is in truth. If they're doing with their legal system, it benefits them. And you gotta adjust the day way, but not Yahweh's way. Yahweh told you, ain't nothing you can sign that Yahweh gonna accept from them. Because of it. First point one. For the earth have thou not judged with truth. So you 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 can't give nobody nothing that y'all walk on self. Nothing. You can't make nothing legal. Not y'all walk on. You make what you make something legal that the world will But you ain't getting, you can't make nothing legal that y'all walk on self. That's the part we make it. Part two. Verse forty-two. For thy has afflicted the meat. Those has have afflicted the meat. Thou has hurt the peaceable. Thou has loved lies. And hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, "You are loved." He said, "You love liar." He said, "You are afflicted the meat, the peaceful." The peace of peacefully, and you love liars. He said, You love liars. This was the, the angel is telling Ezra 2,500 years ago. This fourth kingdom, they're not, they not going to love the truth. They love liars. Come lie to me, because I'm going to lie to you. You see that? Y'all hear that, Mo? Mm-hmm. You you love liars. Liars. I, 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 I can't get no hallelujah, but sorry. I ain't got to get now. But you're a hallelujah. Yeah. All right, what does it say? You love liars. What do you say? And, and, and what? And destroy the dwelling of them that brought forth fruit. Yeah. And have cast down the walls of 
such as did there no harm. That did you no harm. Did they? Then do you? We ain't done you no harm. And you still delivered us up. Didn't Mother read that verse? Hey, I'll read that verse of Mother read. And Isaiah 26, verse 3. And, and Mother, now, now I need, Mother Z, now I can stand that verse in um, Ecclesiastes 1 15, after they to read 26, verse 10 of Isaiah. Hey, what do 26, verse 10 of Isaiah say? Chapter 26, verse number 10. Yeah, what it say? Okay, 26, verse 10 says, Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of the uprightness, will he, be, he, will he deal unjustly and will not be whole the majesty of the Agua. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't care how much favor you show to the wicked, he's still going to deliver you up. You see? He told Isaiah, put this in, in writing in 700 B.C. He said, I don't care how much you show favor to the wicked. So, Yet will he not learn righteousness in the land of the uprightness people. He said, I don't care what you do. He's going to pray his hand all the way to the end. Why? Why, Mother Z? Ecclesiastes 115. Why, Mother? Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Verse 15, verse 15, that which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wounded can cannot be numbered. <laughs> yeah. Did you say, Mother? Hey, Mother, did you hear what? The wise man in the world say that a crooked cannot be straightened out. You know how you sometimes you get that old grandbaby say, hey, look here. Let me, I, I straighten this, I straighten this baby out. You, you, you ever, you ever, y'all ever heard a statement like that? Bring that baby to me, I straighten him out. I straighten that, I straighten my little niece out. I can straighten my niece out. Hey, y'all ever said that before in your life? Huh? Can I get hallelujah, Allah? Hallelujah, Allah. Okay, good. But Yahweh just said that what he made crooked is wicked. You know what the man just said? He, it, 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 it can't happen because it was made crooked. It came out the wound crooked. Now look at the Latter-day Saints. Here, you got to get off the precept on that one. Okay. Latter-day Saints out of Utah. You want a precept? Give me, uh, Mother Z, give me 713. Let's, let's give 
the Latter-day Saints out of Utah are precepts. Let's see what happens in Ecclesiastes 7, 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 13. Verse 13. Consider, consider the works of Yahweh, for who can make that straight which he has made crooked. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Molly, you're not, you're not, you're not, where are you trying to read that, Molly? What are you reading there? You mean they didn't make themselves crooked? That means who made them crooked, Mother? Yeah, well. chapter 9, looking at 13, it says, As it is written, Jacob, Israel, have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And we read that in the book of Malachi. So so Paul saying that I'm telling you what's written in Malachi chapter 1, 1 down to verse 4. Get down to verse 18 and continue. Verse number 18 says, Therefore had he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he harden. Continue. Stay on down to 22. Verse 19. Stay on down to 22. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doeth ye why do if yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? 20. Nay, but, O man, who art that, who art thou that replenish against Yahweh? Shall the thing form say to him, 
formed it. Why hast thou made me thus? 21. Had not the potter power over the clay, or the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, and another unto dishonor? 22. What if young Kwan will to show his wrath, and to make his power known, endureth with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? What is he saying? What is he saying here? He said he made one vessel for dishonor. And he made one vessel for honor. So he made one people for dishonor. He made another people for honor. If y'all were reading, y'all, he said, y'all watch it. And he made, he made a people for dishonor. Genesis twenty five twenty five. Yeah. Okay, verse twenty five says, "And the first came out red all over, like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau." All right, twenty six. Twenty six, and after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's hill, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac now, was three score. That's good. That's good. That's good. We got Esau and Jacob. Now come back and read one verse. Romans chapter 9, verse 20. Now come back and read one verse. Let's see if we tie this in. Okay, reading Romans chapter 9, verse 13. Verse 22. Verse 22. Oh, 22. 22. 22 says, What if Yahweh was willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath? 21. 21 says, Had not the potter power over the clay, and the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. <laughs> now, 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 who want to break that down? What, what are that talking about? That's a parable. That's a parable. Right, a parable to make first sin. The potter could either do something... A parable to what people? What is that parable to what people? What people are you talking about in that parable? Esau. 
contact with all kinds of descendants. So what did they go to Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, the, where uh, not that slavery could any ever be anything but cool, but the most demanding, over-demanding, labor-intensive, whipping-intensive kind of slavery in the country was going on. That's absolutely right. And I hung in on one family in particular um, to bring this, uh, this story to life, the Mahoney family. And, and theirs is a powerful story because it runs parallel to the emergence of Catholicism um, in the um, British colonies and the early United States. Um, and so the story starts with a black woman named Anne Joyce, who's the matriarch of the family, who arrives in 1600s, you know, a couple of decades, two decades after the first Catholic priest arrived in Maryland. And she's an indentured servant um, who's uh, forced into slavery and tells her children and grandchildren a story that they pass on for generations, this story that her freedom was stolen and theirs as well, and that they should all be free people. And as um, she's forced into slavery, several of her descendants are also forced into uh, slavery at the hands of Catholic priests. Um, and, you know, they do all kinds of things. They resist in all kinds of ways, sue the priests. There are descendants who kill an overseer. Um, but by the time of this sale, um, you know, they have learned to try to accommodate themselves to this brutal institution. Um, Harry Mahoney actually saves the church's wealth in 1812, um, and is promised that his family will be spared any sales, but they are broken apart. And, and the priests know just what you talked about, that, you know, the regime in the deep south in Louisiana, where these folks are headed, is the most brutal regime um, that exists um, in, you know, the slave society that was the United States at the time. And so you have this inherent contradiction where you have these priests who are, you know, trying and saying that they're nurturing the souls of these people, um, trying to make sure they end up in places where they can continue, you know, their Catholicism, even as they're tearing families apart and selling them. I mean, to me, that just sounds like gall and nerve on an exponential basis that you're that you're trying to save someone's soul, and yet you, as a human being, claim that you own that person. Isn't that totally against all the all the teachings of Jesus? The priests justified slavery in a lot of ways. It's in the Bible. It's an ancient practice. Um, and Rome did not frown upon the enslavement of people, not the enslavement of black people. And it was, um, as many people point out today, it was legal, right? Um, but um, the truth is that there were voices all along the way among the priests who raised the very points that, you know, the kinds of points that you raised, raising questions about the morality of this, raising concerns about the treatment um, of the folks who they were holding captive. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was really important, as I mentioned, part of the economy 
Um, and it was important for the, the emergence of the Catholic Church. So the priests um, who ran plantations, um, who relied on slave labor, established really the underpinnings of the, the Catholic Church, not just Georgetown. We're talking about the first archdiocese, um, the first cathedral, uh, helping to establish the, some of the early convents, um, even the priests who established the first seminary, first Catholic seminary, were priests who ran a plantation and, and sold people. So this was foundational for the church. And especially in Maryland, which was founded as a state, uh, supposedly for as a sanctuary for Catholics? That's absolutely right. And so those early Catholics who arrived um, in the 1600s came because Maryland was a place um, where they thought they could worship freely. Um, they had been persecuted in England, and, and this was meant to be a refuge for them. And that didn't sense that didn't they just tossed that out the window and said, oh, well, this is the American economy and we need to make ruin people's lives, kill them sometimes. So in, in, in fairness, we have to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, the Catholics were alone here, right? Um, Protestants um, also found ways to accommodate um slavery and their religious beliefs, um, and um, it was, if you, you know, remember that these folks were, um, were persecuted, right, and, um, and as Maryland ended up being run by Protestants, they faced a raft of discriminatory laws that targeted Catholics, um, and it, they wanted to be a part and to demonstrate that they were a part of establishment society, and establishment society was, you know, a slaveholding society, um, and um, they were a part of that, even though, as I mentioned, there were lonely voices um, who said, wait a second, you know, and questioned um, and, and, and raised opposition. Please tell the audience about who some of these people were and what they tried to do. The best way to tell that story is to tell you a little bit about two priests who figure importantly in um, this history, particularly in the history of the big sale at Georgetown. One was a priest by the name of Thomas Malady, who ended up being an important um, early president of Georgetown, expanded um, Georgetown, and also an early important leader of the Catholic um, the Jesuit province of Maryland. And he was a bit of a visionary. What he said was, hey, you know, this church that used to be based in this kind of plantation um, rural kind of system, that's not the future. The future is in the cities. The future is where all of these thousands of Irish immigrants and German immigrants are coming in. And we need to be there. We need to be able to expand. And to do that, we need money. And here's the way to get it. You know, we need to sell these people. And there were priests who said, absolutely not. We know what the Deep South is like. Um, some of it was, you know, paternalistic, you know, like we need to care for these people. Um, it wasn't an argument we need to free these people, but that the sale was wrong. Um, and Father Joseph Carberry is a, a good example. He was someone who was a manager of one of the plantations um, 
and he opposed the sale, voiced his opposition to the sale, and when the slave traders came to his plantation um, to take people away, he encouraged people to run. And that was, of course, before the times of, I suppose, Frederick Douglass, right, and other uh, now famous Americans arguing against slavery. The church continues um, to defend slavery up until the Civil War. I mean, when there are prominent voices that are familiar to us, figures who are familiar to us, um, you know, arguing against it. Um, there were some, there's a bishop from Cincinnati, from Ohio, who ended up being a prominent, again, another lonely voice, you know, who actually called for, called for abolition, called for immediate emancipation. Um, but, you know, he wasn't embraced. In fact, he was, you know, criticized um, by his peers and by the Catholic press. You know, on the one hand, um, there was definitely a strong belief among some priests that a sale of people was wrong. The idea of owning people, though, perhaps not so wrong. Or, you know, we don't really know what Father Carberry thought. You know, he was, in essence, a middle manager in this kind of Roman Catholic corporation. He, he didn't have the power himself to free people. Um, but, you know, the, the Jesuits in Maryland owned people up until the Civil War. Was there any religion at the time in the United States prior to the Civil War that would not accept slavery and did not participate in it? Well, the Quakers, you know, um, are well known, um, you know. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting, too, because the question, uh, that, you know, sometimes people think about is that, you know, the priests uh, actually um, at times required the, the black people that they had enslaved to attend mass, to participate in the sacraments. And, you know, so at the end of the war, you know, what happens um, to these folks? Do they stay in the church? Do they leave? Um, is a question that, you know, certainly came to me. Um, and I happen to be black and Catholic myself. So, um, and, and the really interesting thing is that, of course, um, in Louisiana, we know, for instance, that thousands of people left the church. Um, and even after the Civil War, the church segregated parishes um, in terms of seating, in terms of, you know, parish festivities. Um, but, you know, a lot of people stayed. A lot of people stayed. Um, and I think um, not, not only did they stay, um, but some of them became religious leaders and some of them became lay leaders. And, and what they worked to do was to make the church um, more reflective of uh, the people that they claimed um, to serve, uh, more true to um, the ideals of a universal church. So members of this Mahoney family, for instance, descendants of those two sisters, you know, became, one became a nun in Maryland who ran schools in, um, in a couple of different states, and one in um, New Orleans who became a mother superior of a convent um, and ran schools, orphanages, even an overseas mission. Um, so it's quite remarkable to see how um, they held on their, onto their faith despite what they had experienced. 
Now, you found out about this, as you mentioned earlier, you didn't know about this, and when you found out, obviously, you, you got the idea for the book, you started researching the, you know, the situation back 200 years ago. How did that change your view of the church that you still belong to? So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question because, you know, I am actually, you know, reporting on, um, reporting on this, um, researching, uh, reading these um, documents um, and um, these letters, um, Archbishop Carroll in 1805 talking about, you know, expenses that they've got and, you know, what they should do is sell some, quote, unnecessary Negroes, close quote. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's bracing. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, the descendants of um, these two sisters, the descendants of this Mahoney family, um, they themselves decided that, you know, the church that they loved was not a church that belonged to those priests, uh, those sinful men. It was their church, too, and I have to say that, you know, in a strange way, um, it deepened my connection, um, and really, that resonated. Yeah, it really That's resonated. not what I would have expected. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I grew up in Staten Island, New York. I grew up knowing a church that most of us know as Americans, um, a northern church, an immigrant church, a church... My mother's church was a church that just largely tended to Irish and Italian um, immigrants um, and their, you know, children and grandchildren. And, you know, see myself um, in, in the church. And, and so this history is a history of heartbreak for sure. But it's also a story of resistance and love and family and faith. And I have to say that that resonates with me. Interesting. So we talked earlier about the what was going on on the dock and on the day that uh, the 272 people were uh, shipped down to the deep south and sold. How do you find out? How did you find that out? I'm wondering about the details. Was there a newspaper article written about it? Was did somebody write? A personal, uh, a diary with entries about this. How did you find? How did you find color in the detail? People were shipped in batches, in a way. So some were shipped in November 1838. Um, some were shipped at other times. But the story came to me in a very, um, in an unusual way. This sale uh, was known by historians. Catholic slaveholding known by historians. But as many people know, enslaved people have been almost completely left out of the origin story that's traditionally told about the Catholic Church. So I, I stumbled across this because a Georgetown alum heard about protests at Georgetown where students had staged some demonstrations concerned about some buildings that carried the names of two of the priests, early presidents, were involved in the sale. This alum said, okay, you know, protests, uh, name changes, because the administration changed the names. But what about this 272? What happened to them? 
and he reached out to a faculty member at Georgetown who happened to be a member of a working group that was examining Georgetown's history. And the guy said, oh, they all died. And like, they all died? How old could that be? Um, and so he went on to hire some genealogists and found out, in fact, they didn't all die, and then reached out to us um, at the New York Times, reached out to a colleague. And the colleague was like, okay, slaves on 1838, is that even a story? And um, luckily for me, she didn't delete that email. Instead, she said, oh, wait, there's someone on staff who might know. And I had written a book, American Tapestry, about the first lady, Michelle Obama, and her slave ancestors, and had some experience with archival research. So she reached out to me, and I, I knew immediately. So, yes, I knew about the sale. I wrote a story about the sale in 1838 um, that ran in 2016 and it became kind of the genesis of this. And so, you know, you're looking for all kinds of documentation. Newspaper articles are certainly one of them, though there wasn't one about this particular sale. The Jesuits actually kept good records, though. Um, and so I mined um, Jesuit records, which describe some, um, you know, their slaveholding. Um, I looked at um, newspaper accounts, accounts in, um, in Louisiana. Mostly what you're looking for, sadly, is property records because people, human beings, were considered property. So you're looking for tax records. You're looking for, you know, estate records. Um, and the priests, too, um, wrote about some of these people. So you're piecing together threads. Enslaved people, as you know, were largely um, barred by law and by practice from learning to read or write. So the kinds of things that you might rely on um, in writing about the 1800s, letters and journals, just simply don't exist. And finally, I want to get to Georgetown's uh, reaction to all of this. As I understand it, going on their website, they named a building after one of the, not Mahoney, that wasn't his last name, but one of the 272, correct? Right. And then they set up a $400,000 per year fund to fund community projects in the communities where the descendants now live. I'm not sure exactly what the criteria are beyond that, but um, do you think that's enough? Right, so what they have done is, starting back in 2016, they committed to taking steps to address this history and um, uh, this history of um, Catholic slaveholding. Um, the first thing they did was establish that descendants of folks who were sold in 1838, descendants of Jesuit slaveholding, um, would be um, given, in effect, legacy status in admissions, preference in admissions um, to Georgetown. Um, they created an institute, as you know, they renamed it buildings, and now they have this fund, um, $400,000 a year, um, that is designed to finance projects that will benefit the descendant community. Is it enough? You know, descendants are, are, you know, there's a diversity of opinions by descendants about this. I think most descendants would say that they want more. Um, on the other hand, it is certainly, you know, one of the biggest steps that a university has taken to address 
um, this history. And the Jesuits, too, again, with Georgetown, you know, apologized and committed to taking steps to address this history. Um, and they um, partnered with a group of descendants um, in 2021 and promised to raise $100 million toward racial reconciliation projects and projects that would benefit descendants. It was um, the largest effort ever made by the Roman Catholic Church in the United States to try to make amends for this history. Um, at the same time, it was far less than what some descendants had asked for. Some descendants had been calling for a billion dollars for the Jesuits to raise a billion dollars. And the fundraising, even for the hundred million, has been has been slow going. Um, and it's fundraising, not fund giving. And right. They're going to stick their hand out to other people and say, "Donate to us." They're right. not, they do have a three billion dollar endowment. They're not taking, and that's small, by the way. But you know, Harvard is forty nine billion dollars. Right. But that, that, that point that you raise is a point that descendants do raise, like, should, should Georgetown be fundraising from alumni to do this? Um, should the Jesuits be fundraising the Roman Catholic Church? Shouldn't there be money just distributed? It's, you know, these are thorny questions that the institutions and, and the descendants are and, and other stakeholders, you know, alumni and other students have waited too. There's no consensus, but what is clear is that they are a part of what has emerged as a growing movement among institutions and municipalities and localities in the state of California, right, that are now trying to um, grapple um, with this history and to figure out a way forward. All right, thank you.
everybody can see, especially your husband. And because he can never correct you without it becoming a blow-up, or you throwing a temper tantrum, or withholding sex or affection, he just stopped correcting you. And because he stopped correcting you, he stopped uh, advising you on the things that you can do to become better, then you're in a relationship. You're in a marriage with someone and not really reaching your full potential because you want to allow the correction that your husband has the right and should give you. Remember that today and carry on.
Thank you. 